I'd like to welcome onto the show Dr. Dina Kulik, pediatrician and founder of Kid Crew Medical. She's been on the program before. Uh, Dr. Dina, thanks for sparing some time for us this morning. You are very welcome. You're raising the alarm here um, in the midst of the fact that we are in the middle of a bit of a sixth wave here. I know that uh, yesterday Ontario reported 1,091 people in hospital and 173 people in ICU due to COVID-19, a 27% jump in a single day. So we are clearly in the middle of what our premier likes to call a little spike um, when it comes to the sixth wave. But you are concerned that some COVID cases may be misdiagnosed. Um, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So I've noticed in the past couple of weeks, as have my colleagues at Crew, that we've had a humongous wave, if you will, of what we think is hand, foot and mouth disease, which is a very common illness in childhood. But I've never in my career seen so many children and parents and caregivers with the same rash in my career. And it also happens to be going along with a wave of COVID. And in some cases, kids will have the rash and parents won't have rash, but they have confirmed COVID or parents have the rash and a child has confirmed COVID. It seems to me like there might be some connection. In other words, that perhaps what we are saying is just hand, foot and mouth disease, just some other illness that happens to present at the same time, but rather is this actually a presentation of COVID itself being misdiagnosed And the reason why that matters is because if we're saying as clinicians, don't worry, it's this other virus, it's not COVID, and kids are not isolating and they're going back to school, daycare, workplaces, if it's an adult, we might be actually spreading COVID. Okay, so let's talk about hand, foot and mouth disease because I'm not familiar with it beyond the name. What exactly is it? So it's typically a virus caused by uh, Coxsackie virus, a different virus than COVID or coronaviruses. And They often cause fever, irritability, sore mouth because there's usually rash or pimples on the tongue, the throat, the roof of the mouth. And then often as well, kids and adults will get pimples on the hands and the soles of the feet and often other areas as well, like the diaper area. But the rash could go anywhere. And it's little pimples, which typically are not painful or itchy, but the ones in the mouth certainly are. And many kids will have decreased appetite and irritability because of that. Can you test for hand, foot and mouth disease? We don't typically test for that particular virus, so we don't have a good way to test for Coxsackie per se. So that's why you're concerned that it could be COVID and people are assuming that this rash, does the rash like present like similar to hand, foot and mouth disease? Is it little pimples? Is it itchy? The one that you're uh, assuming might actually be COVID? I've seen really a whole gamut. Some people are saying that it's itchy, some a bit painful, but it does typically look like hand, foot and mouth in that it's these little pimples. And it's pretty pathognomonic, Coxsackie is, hand, foot, and mouth is. What, what does that mean? Sorry. That it's um, when we see rash on the hands, the palm of the hands and the soles of the feet, very few rashes from viruses do that. So when we see that as pediatricians, as clinicians, we're often like, oh, that's for sure hand, foot, and mouth. Nothing else right. really does that. But I think something else does that. And I think it's actually a strain of COVID. Is that on the uh, symptom list of, of COVID-19, the rash? It, It isn't. No, we do think about rashes in the setting of COVID longer after it happens. So people talk about Kawasaki disease and there is, you know, COVID toes and COVID fingers. We spoke about much, much earlier in the pandemic, which looks different than this. It doesn't look like this. That's more big, blotchy, red, painful areas Mm -hmm. versus these little pimples that we would see. 
Now, kids have always been uh, a concern for people when it comes to COVID because they haven't been able to get vaccinated at very young ages. Where are we at with kids' vaccines and the uptake? Well, less than five-year-olds can't get vaccinated yet. And uh, we have a quite a low vaccine uptake rate for five years to 11-year-olds. Even though it started off quite good, mm-hmm. it's kind of petered off. I also have a lot of families, a lot of patients where they had one vaccine, but they didn't get the second one. We're seeing the same trend in adults that have not gotten a booster. People seem to be less and less fearful of COVID these days. And that's a concern as we're having rising numbers and with rising numbers, rising hospitalization rates and then potentially deaths. Right. And also there's the long COVID that I think people like to kind of uh, try and push away, maybe sweep under the rug. If you don't uh, have, you know, in, uh, debilitating symptoms of COVID-19, if you catch it, uh, there's no telling if you're going to have long COVID later. I'm not trying to, because I know somebody's going to email me and say, oh my God, you're fear mongering. No, it's just the fact. We know that that uh, this is a sneaky, weird virus that presents in different ways. And long COVID is something that people are really starting to uh, pay attention to. That's absolutely true. And I think a lot of people think that if you don't have severe COVID, you can't possibly have long COVID. That isn't the case. There doesn't seem to be a real connection between having long COVID and any you know variety of severity from the COVID itself. And, you know, to be clear, the vast majority of kids stay very well with COVID. They stay healthy. They don't get that sick. Very rarely do they get hospitalized or die. But if we have enough people, it's just a numbers game. If there's enough cases, enough of those people will be children and enough of those children will get hospitalized. But this illness is uncomfortable, right? So it's it's brief, it's short term, but kids feel pretty terrible with it. It is uncomfortable in their mouth and in their body and they feel achy and they have fever and they just don't feel great. And that's it's worthwhile trying to avoid that. Right. Um, so what is your uh, advice to parents that might have noticed a rash presented on their on their kids' hands? Are, we, are they to talk to their pediatricians and say, look, can you test for COVID as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think if your child has any symptoms at all right now, whether that's stomach flu symptoms, which are well correlated with COVID, or runny nose, or cough, or fever, or sore throat, or any rash, I do think it's worthwhile to have access to do a rapid antigen test and to touch base with your healthcare provider. It's interesting. There's been such a push for uh, people to get their COVID-19 vaccines and to get our kids vaccinated that can be vaccinated there in, that are in schools by public health officials that something else has fallen through the crack. Apparently, we're behind on routine vaccinations that are typically offered in schools. What do you know about this, if anything at all? And can you speak to the importance of catching up? For sure. So typically in Ontario and across most of Canada, the grade seven and grade eight vaccines are given in school settings. These are H- HPV and hepatitis B and a meningitis vaccine. Those are given in grade seven and repeated in grade eight. In 2020, they were no longer given in schools because of lockdown and kids were in school and out of school. They were being given in public health settings as well as doctor's offices. And a lot of kids were missed because parents were hesitant to bring their kids to a public health facility or to the doctor's office. And a lot of these kids now have missed grade seven and grade eight vaccine, or they had the grade seven one. Now they're in grade nine or 10 and they missed the grade eight one, that sort of thing. Right. Um, So how concerning is it and what can we do? We definitely want to get these kids caught up on their vaccines. They're important. You know, the meningitis vaccine is one that we only give at that time. That particular vaccine is not given another time. If it's missed, you're not going to get it. It's not going to be offered when a child is older 
the HPV vaccine, very, very important to prevent cervical cancers and penile cancers and other issues. And the hepatitis vaccine, very important as kids are getting older and they will be exposed to sex, etc. So these are important to get done. And again, they're not typically offered in other settings. So if you miss them, it'll be, you know, you'll have to go to a public health facility or a doctor's office to catch up. Okay, so do your homework. Yeah, talk to your clinician and find out from your healthcare provider, were these given, when were these given, and what do we need to do to catch them up? Dr. Kulik, thank you so much for joining us. I I appreciate your time, and I think you brought up a lot of good points that uh, parents, it's just another thing that they'll have to, you know, concern themselves with, but it's important to be aware of it. I think it's, hey, education is, um, you know, it's it's extremely important, and we just need to get on the same page with everything. I think I just lost you. Dr. Kulik, thanks so much. Dr. Kulik is a pediatrician and founder of Kid Crew Medical.